0: Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Hey there, my name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today I wanted to give you a little bit of an intro to a class that I teach. I've been teaching it for about 16 years. It's called Marital Premarital Counseling. Um, And just some kind of highlights of some stuff that I start with as I think through um, the status of marriage, our understanding of marriage, and the hope that we actually have. Um, Here are some pictures here of my family, my um, crazy family of Alex, my oldest, who's actually 13 now. Old pictures, Blaze, who's 11 now, and Miley, who's 9, and then my wife, Kelly. Um, and that they're the ones that motivate me to do what I do. And one of the things that I love about every fall, I teach this class, Marital Primordial Counseling. I'm reminded of my commitment to my wife and to this, how important this is and, and this sacrament of marriage. So let's kind of give a, a, a status uh, update. So here's some social trends and cultural um, shifts, marital distress. So in destructive marital conflicts, these two things are major generic risk factors for many forms of mental distress and psychopathology. I honestly strongly believe that a lot of our problems that we're seeing in the mental health and even physical health are a result of our marriages. They're not okay. The problem that I'm seeing is so many go to the doctor, get a prescription, and it doesn't fix the problem. We're not going to the root but this is it, marital distress and destructive marital conflict. And we'll see later on that marital, how you conflict, how you handle disagreements is one of the key factors to marital health. It's just learning how to understand the other person and to never, ever, ever have an us against them and um, to throw them under the bus in the process. So how we, how we handle conflict is really critical. Um, but this is very revealing. And again, I'm going to emphasize How many of you, and maybe you need to think through this, are actually not, you've got a prescription or you've got a diagnosis. What if that's actually not the real problem, the real root? What if that's a symptom? Think about that. Another one, both destructive parental conflict and parental divorce raise the risk that children will have difficulties later in life. So destructive parental conflict, so we're back to that one again. And divorce are two critical pieces that influence children and affect them their their whole entire life um it doesn't matter how old you are and your parents divorce it affects you you might be adult married and then when your parents go through stuff and go through struggles it affects us it to our core because it shatters our our trust in them and in this the cosmic you know, life family what can i trust and, Oftentimes it shatters my even view of God. Here's an interesting one. So social trends and culture shifts. High conflict or low conflict marriages um, divorce more frequently. So which one? High conflict or low conflict marriages divorce more frequently? You might be surprised. Or maybe you've been studying a little bit. Couples who have relatively low conflict marriages but who are no longer in love actually make up the greatest percentage of divorces are no longer in love i have had more success working as a as a counselor coach with families with couples who are struggling in their marriage because of an affair or some other tragedy than just a couple who's fallen out of love and they just cannot seem to deal with the little idiosyncrasies of their spouse or or be okay with differences things have to be my way or the highway Interesting. So couples who are relatively low-conflict marriages make up the greater percentage of divorce. That, That just breaks my heart. How many are giving up? And if you think of men and women, which one tends to give up the quickest? From the stats I've seen, it's men tend to walk away. Men, fight for your families. Fight for your marriage. It doesn't matter what I feel. It's who I am and my character that leads me to keep fighting for that. Children do best when they are being raised in what kind of homes? Okay, the answer, stable homes by two parents who love each other. Stable homes by two parents who love each other. So the, the research is actually still out when it comes to do same-sex homes differ from heterosexual, home male, female, mom and dad. Um, there are a lot of studies that are showing no, that there's a big difference. That not having that masculine and feminine in the home affects the social and the The development of that child. But there are other studies that are inconclusive, and so we need to be careful with just a quick judgment of that. But if we understand the picture of God's design from from Genesis, and that it's two sexually different people that come together to marry, there's something also about the differences. And then other just decades of data looking at the, the influence of a father and the influence of a mother are so imperative in shaping that child. Yeah, kind of the whole is really important. Second one, and we're going to see this again, the one that we saw earlier, handle conflict well. If we don't learn this one, our marriages and our families are in trouble. How we handle conflict. And then the third one, provide a base of commitment that brings stability to the lives of those children. So what kind of home do our children need to live in? Homes where there's stability. Two parents. Handle conflict well. Well, and a base of commitment Our kids need to not be worried about are, are things going to end or change drastically especially because they're seeing that around and elsewhere how many of their friends are dealing with back and forth um, to mom and dad's homes or even more than that sometimes another one marital problems are the number one cause of depression number one cause of depression it's an interesting terrifying too this is back to one of the things the first the first thing i said this actually makes us sick in the, I guess you could say, head. So the emotions and the, the chemistry in our, our brain. But here's another one. Marital distre- distress and conflict not only make us sick in our, at heart, but can literally make us sick in the body. A lot of our physical health issues that are coming up are directly related to our marriages and our health of our family. I would even dare say a lot of your children's health issues are a reaction to the energy in your home. One of the things that I teach a lot is that as our kids grow up, birth to about five, they're absorbing the energy of the home, even prior to birth. When they're in the mother's womb, they're absorbing the energy of the mom and those around mom. And then in the first five years, the energy of the home, is it safe? Um, Am I safe? But about five or six, they switch to absorbing the culture of the home. And six to ten is looking at the culture of the home. And this is where we see a lot of physical health issues come up, that how often are those only symptoms of something much uh, greater going on marriage is not the problem the greater problem lies inside our relationships this is what we actually um, need to kind of focus in on it's how we treat um, one another and this then kind of extends beyond mom and dad and, and kids and also others of how we're handling relationships Here's some new discoveries in relationship and research on, on marriage and relationships. So marital satisfaction, how happy couples are, is closely related to how marriage goes over time. It seems kind of a no-brainer. Things are going well over time. It affects the whole. But it's back to these same issues that we need to kind of come back to. Communication. How damaging some kinds of negative interactions can be and what is different in the communication of couples who do well over time. How they communicate changes the, the culture and the energy of that home, the health of that home that affects husband and wife, that affects the children, that affects the whole. There's been research on premarital kind of assessments, prep assessments, and um, marital fa- failure is predictable to a surprising degree. This is where I strongly, strongly push you need to get premarital, pre-engagement counseling. I like the pre-engagement counseling. Because we can talk through, or coaching, we can talk through stuff way prior to the ring and some of the other, that rat race that starts when, it, when we get into that engagement phase. Um, but here are, the, here are some of those, these critical pieces of that puzzle. The seeds of divorce are present prior to marriage. History of parental divorce, differences in religion and personality styles And then communication, conflict, and commitment, coming back to that every single time. We can see these prior to marriage, which means we can actually help. We can actually provide skills and tools, or we can hold up the mirror and you can go, ah, this isn't the person, and split before a wedding happens and save so much heartache and so much pain. How many times I've heard of someone, a woman usually, who's walked down the aisle knowing from the whole time that I I shouldn't be doing this, but they do it anyway because they'll disappoint someone, or the the money's been paid, or we'll lose the deposits, or all these reasons that are irrelevant if you're marrying the wrong person and you're getting married for the wrong reason, uh, or some of these things haven't been dealt with. can't fix the history of parental divorce, but you can see the impact of it and how it affects my choices and kind of the way I put it, having that divorce card. If I have in my back pocket this card I could play and go, all right, I'm divorcing you. I'm done. I'm probably going to play it because things are going to get hard in marriage. But if I reach back and go, there's no out. I'm stuck with you, even though I don't like you right now. I'm more likely to fight through those feelings and actually find resolution, find common ground, find hope, find um, a new story for us as a couple. It would be nice if we could do this for marriage counseling sometimes. Just, let me just teach you. Let me just talk to you. <laughs> um, and that's not for re- realistic, but it is um, It is sometimes a desire of mine when I'm dealing with a couple who's really struggling and just stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. I want you to think of this quote from um, Everett Worthington. And you. I'm going to show you this for you to think about, and you have to decide if this is true or not. That's not for me to decide. This is for you to decide. So this is the quote of something he said. I believe that divorce is always considered a failure of marital counseling. So if a couple divorces, we failed in, in helping. That's heavy. If it's true, then there's a lot of weight on marriage counseling. Well, here's the scary thing. Marriage counseling has a very low success rate. Because oftentimes a couple comes in and you have two people and if one of those two people is out but they're just not saying they're out then it's not gonna wor- nothing we do can work do you see divorce as a failure or is it one of the options this is why this is important is divorce just one of the options because what i would want for you to think through is m- may divorce not be one of the options may success maybe may fighting through may perseverance May loving when I don't feel like loving, when staying when I don't feel like staying, may conversations that are hard and and painful, may getting help and someone else coming in and helping be a critical part of that story that changes your future and your kid's future and the history and the genealogy that you have and your generational impact. Many lack the confidence that a happy marriage is an achievable goal. That breaks my heart. I feel like part of it has been us, counselors and psychologists and speakers even, saying that there's been a 50% divorce rate when there actually never has been. At the highest it's ever been, it's been like 30-something percent. And if you have a college degree, if you don't live together before marriage, and if you don't get married too young, some critical factors, and you're involved in a church, you are down in the teens, if not less, in terms of divorce rate. We need to have the right perspective on marriage and the hope there is because if you keep looking into more data being married you tend to be healthier you tend to be um men tend to be healthier women tend to be healthier physically emotionally spiritually the whole there's something about the design of god in his institution the sacrament of marriage so question for you who have your role models been regarding marriage and family who who, who's informing this it might be your mom and dad great my wife and i have two amazing examples in our parents so two sets of parents and grandparents and so many others that impact our commitment and our choices confidence in marriage is related to these things commitment friendship fewer nasty arguments and having fun can you play together I can go off and do stuff with other people i want to be with my wife is that your default it's not need to work on it how do you handle the friendship side or do you just kind of exist build into invest in that friendship go back and do the things you did when you were dating do some of those things intentionally thoughtfully um plan plan for investing in each other in a way that rekindles, rebuilds, grows back something that maybe hasn't existed in a long time and definitely can get lost when you have young kids in the home, don't lose it. Be even more intentional during those times that you have young kids in the home to build a marriage and a family that lasts, that perseveres, that fights through hard times, that does sometimes the impossible. And I hope you have a strong, healthy marriage and that you actually are fighting for what matters because you see from what I've said today, your marriage is very critical in terms of everything else your physical health your mental health your family health the whole of who you are and i hope this blesses you and encourages you Um, this is the best day of my life right here and it was actually when i got to walk down the aisle exit down that aisle with my bride and uh, i can only hope that you have even a small part of this um, for yourself but there was hundreds of people at my wedding Um, celebrating this in a reunion of people from all over the world because I'm a missionary kid. So having people come to visit and see my parents and me and just this celebration as we began our journey 16 and a half years ago. Um, And I hope you have a strong, beautiful marriage that has a legacy. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at healinglives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at bookdrg.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.